Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, You, Me and the GP. And we've got another special episode for you today. It's not only me and the doc ready to rock. We've also got Georgina Jones. Georgina, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. And Mark, how are you down there? I'm very good, thanks. Oh, what sort of day have you had? Uh, standard, usual Wednesday morning. Yeah. No, nothing much going on. This is my day off, so I, I tend to do things for myself rather than things for the family. Yeah, very like much. Selfish. Yeah, you know, you've got to have a self day or a me day. It's really important, and uh, i sure Georgina would agree with, with, with that as well. So, Georgina, tell everybody who you are, and, and look, Georgina's a lead lighter. Um, tell me what a lead lighter is, and um, just um, let, let everybody know what we're going to be talking about today. Okay, so um, I own a company called Turn Lights On, uh, TLO, um, and Turn Lights On is a, a movement that inspires people to inspire other people by turning their light on. And what I mean by that is I believe um, that we are losing human connection within our lives, our schools, our businesses, um, and I want to encourage people to live more in the moment. But I want to encourage people to do that in a non-spiritual and religious way, in the way that you can make a stranger smile or you, wherever you go to be awake and to be present and to be showing up to your life, basically. Um, because the more present you are in your relationships, the more chance you're, you're going to feel you're in control. There's a lot of loneliness that is happening in, 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 in the world that we live in at the moment and I really do feel that a lot of people are disconnected um, and it's my sort of mission and my passion and it always has been to inspire people to engage in things and to inspire people to engage in whatever turns their light on and ever makes them present whatever makes them feel alive so um, I'm doing that with the turn lights on movement brilliant good and Today, that's what we're going to be talking on, how uh, we can do that, how we can help people, inspire people to exactly, as you say, like the way, show up to life. Because if I'm honest, at different times in my kind of life, and maybe even now, if I'm going to be completely frank, I'm probably working at about 40, 50, 60% of my actual capacity because I'm human and I coast Mm. and I you know, kind of can do uh, a, a lot more. And, and I am quite the motivated person, uh, but I still know that I'm not working to my full potential and doing myself the, 
the justice I deserve. So and there's a lot of that going on in today's world. Uh, yeah, and, and also I think the Turn Lights On is not about being a robot. It's about being aware of your own energy and also being a, aware of the th- effect on that energy. So when I was in the corporate world and I, when I was motivating teams and motivating people, and I still consult all around the world, engaging with businesses to get the best out of their people, mm. ultimately, energy is the most powerful thing you can have as a manager. And how you show up and how you energise people all comes from how energised you are. And we're not robots. And sometimes, like for example, last night, I was really tired. I went to yoga. I felt so much better because I was so much, I was really energised afterwards because I'd looked after my own light. I'd looked after my own and, and I think from what I'm hearing, Rich, is that sometimes when you're busy giving to everyone else, sometimes you forget about yourself. Yeah, we, I think we all do as, mm. as coaches and as a doctor and mums and dads and, and all the rest of it. You, you realise when you, you, you grow up a bit, you're, you're not number one on the priority list, even yeah. I'm below the dog some days. <laughs> So That's Wednesdays are for you, see? Yeah, there we go. So Wednesdays are for me day, as you say, Mark, as is me day as well. And uh, so, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That's spot on. So, we'll Can speak- I add something? Yeah, Mark, please. As, as last time, I'm not in the same room. Um, so do, do you, I mean, I do, I do a lot of things for myself about mindfulness. Do you, do you sort of go into that with people? Um, I yeah, it is it is very much being aware and being aware of your own choices and also Mark is is cause and effect. So by my thought it is going to have an effect in areas of my life. Um I I wouldn't say I practice mindfulness, but it, it, it's not that far um far different from mind, mindfulness really. It's more to do with my the practice is a lot about giving. And it's a lot about really using um, using your own energy to make a difference with others. And the more you uh, make a difference to others, the more engaged you feel. So it's a byproduct of giving, really. Um, but m- mindfulness certainly has helped so many people, and especially in organisations. It can it can really make a difference to people's days. Sure. I mean, what, what, I mean, another thing that swings to mind is sort of gratitude diaries and stuff mm. like that. Is that sort of some of the things you tell people to do to actually? Yeah, get... yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's it, again, it's it's looking at um, what uh, we have. I call it a love list. So I have a love list on your phone, or have a love list written down somewhere, and really, not just read the list. Really visualize the rest, the list, mm. and feel the list. Yeah. Because ultimately, it's it's really understanding what them them points of gratitude mean to you, and also di- di- uh, sort of diving a little bit deeper in what does it give you? What does it mean to have that that person in your life or that activity in your life? What does it really give you? And it, I work with, with people all the time and they say, oh, I love this and I love that and I love doing this activity. And I ask them, I was with this guy um, not so long ago and he was saying how much he really loves fishing and fishing turns his light on. And I was like, oh, brilliant, this is, this is fantastic. And I said, oh, when's the last time you went fishing? And he said, oh, I can't remember. 
And it's that and it's that kind of thing in the fact that we we know that we know what's good for us, yeah. but why aren't we making this a priority? Yeah. And looking at things that are actively turning your light off. That is the biggest thing for me. So I limit the amount of TV I watch. I limit the amount of negative stories I read. Um, because consequently, I haven't got a filter for that information. It's going to go in my mind and have some effect on my body and my outcome. Yeah. So I'm conscious of what I put into my mind. And I think mm. if, if, if you are in a place where you're... Um, unhappy or if you are in a place that you're not happy with what's going on in your life that's a great way to start is what are you putting in your life to make you feel this way good so how George did you get into all this sort of stuff I mean, tell us a bit about your background I have to declare obviously uh, Georgina and I were in school together and we know each other a, a long ways back and as things happen, you kind of crack on in your 20s and you kind of drift apart. And then through the, the power of Facebook and the social media, we kind of we kept in touch from a distance there. And, um, you know, we kind of have ended up on very similar paths, but with different ways of doing it. So Georgina gets up in front of groups of people in a corporate environment or whatever environment and inspires them in that way. And I'm kind of doing it through my exercise and my nutrition. And Mark, you're doing it through your path that you're leading on, on, a, on a GP so we all very much want the same outcome we want people to be fitter and healthier and happier and, and live a bit longer and all these sorts of things so how did you how did you get to, to where you are now with Turn Lights On what was the journey? Um, well the journey my background was um, uh, in a corporate setting so I worked for an insurance company for nearly nine years um, and I worked in senior management there led teams um, and worked out in Asia for the company as well, set up a big operation out, for the, out there in Asia for them. Um, and while I was working for the company, I'd always sung, as you know, Rich, I'd always done lots of singing and performing. Yeah, Fat um, Barry Soul Band, I'm yes, to say that, famous, yeah. famous <laughs> down here in South Wales. That was me. <laughs> yes. That stuff used to rock the whole <laughs> building to the floor. Yes. People used to go wild for that, didn't they? <laughs> I have danced on many a table in a, in a social club in the South Wales Valleys. Um, yes. Oh. <laughs> I saw it at the Tower once. We got made Fat Barry's band at the Tower in, in uh, the tower, yeah. I mean, we've seen loads of teams Fat Barry's band in those places. They were brilliant. Yeah. 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 Well, they're still going, Mark. They're still very yeah. much there. Um, and uh, do, and still amazing what they do. All about, and they are great energy experts. They've got bu buckets of energy. Well, that fires the room up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It fires literally. people up, really does. Amazing, and also I think it's to do with the music as well. That soul music yeah. can yes. just make well, connect you. Well, yes. The funny thing is, I was at uh, I went to London a couple of weeks ago and saw the commitments on stage, and I just thought of that guys when I was watching it. Because mm. it was the same sort of music, obviously, Powerful. you know, Astang Sally and all that sort of stuff. So, so from Fat Barry's and through the, from yeah, the job yeah. and all, and you're so, singing. So I'd, so I'd, um, I'd always balanced singing with corporate life, so I did the odd bit of singing. Um, and then when I turned 30, I did feel, when you're a creative, it's like uh, having this constant urge to create and I was up to a position within the organisation that I didn't want to go further upwards 
because if I did that, I would lose connection with people. And ultimately, I was a people manager, and that's what I loved. I loved working with people. I'm mm. not a behind-the-desk kind of leader. Yeah, yes. So um, I decided to set up my first business, which was called Sing and Inspire. So I set it up along with my um, singing teacher, um, and the goal of the business was to inspire people with music to improve business results. And we did this by setting up choirs and organisations. So having a pocket of people from all, from all parts of the business where they meet weekly so then they can see if singing can make a difference to their health, their well-being and ultimately their productivity. So I went back to Admiral, the insurance company that I work for, and I said, give me 30 people and let's see if singing can make a difference to these people. So we did that over a three-month period. After three months... Productivity went up, sales went up by um, a percentage, well, quite a a considerable amount, actually. Um, We did even have a case where a lady that had been taking blood pressure tablets to lower blood pressure tablets, she's seen a decrease in them because she was singing so much. Mm -hmm. Because singing has an amazing effect on um, your, your blood pressure and on lots of other things. And ultimately, people were feeling good. If you feel good, you work good. Happy people sell. Yes. As Nige, uh, not Nige, Nev from the call centre says that. <laughs> That's what Nev says. Have you seen that programme, Mark, the call centre? Yeah. Yeah, happy people sell. So you were making them all fired up yeah, and all yeah. happy and they were selling and... Yeah, right, okay, so true. that went down well. So it went very, very well. We grew the business. I had a team of people uh, working internationally and working in the UK. We had contracts with the BBC, British Airways, British Gas, large organisations. So um, when I, uh, so this time last year, no, it wasn't this time last year. Um, last year in May time, me and my business partner at the time, we were talking out in New York. Um, and we were in an entrepreneur, um, a ladies entrepreneur event in New York. And we were doing some, uh, so one of the things that um, we used to do within Sing and Inspire, we'd get a room of people and get them to sing a cappella within about, I don't know, three or four minutes. So we got all these amazingly confident um, entrepreneurial women singing Ain't No Mountain High Enough um, in, in New York. And it was an amazing experience. But I was starting to feel, I call it the feeling. When I've got a feeling where I know that I'm sort of done with what I'm doing, I get this feeling of, right, I'm not quite fulfilled here. I'm not getting that connection. And I'm in New York, the place that I'd love to be permanently, and I'm thinking, what, what, what is wrong with this picture? This is everything that you want. But it was something that I wanted to to um, explore so I sat there in the entrepreneurs ladies event and I sat there and, and there was a speaker and she said there's the most two defining moments in your life the first moment is the moment you're born and the second moment is when you realize why you were born and I thought it's not to make people sing I knew that and it just came to me literally it sounds a bit weird but it came to me to turn lights on and it's something that I've been saying a lot because when I was coaching people, I'd say to them actively to get present, turn your light on. I've said it's seven-year-old children and they do it. They get present by turning their light on and understanding what this light means. So I went back to the UK, started writing a book. So I started writing a book on the power of giving and what 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 it means to light up a room, what it means to give someone your energy. 
And I really didn't want to write a self-help book. I wanted to write a book to empower people to give more. That's what I wanted to do. Mm. But then I realised, we all know that. We all know it's good to give. We all know the concept of karma. We know this stuff, but we're not doing it. Mm. So what stops us from giving? So that's what the book is about. It's about what gets in the way. Mm. What gets in the way when we're not in a place to give? Um, So then I started uh, the book. Um, and then was still in Sing and Inspire, the first business that I set up, and then realised that I couldn't do the two because I was too emotionally engaged with the Sing and Inspire. So I left in December, sold my half of the business. The business is going still going really well with my business partner, um, so that's working very well. So the beginning of this year, um, set up the movement to turn the lights on. So from that, spoke in the Hay Festival this year about the book. Mm. Um, I spoke again in New York about it. Mm. And I've been busy building up the network, social media, mm. and speaking and, and, and doing as much promotion that I can do on the book. And so tell us, tell us what you said, or I'm not sure what you said in the Hay Festival about the book. And uh, kind of, you know, tell us why people, obviously people want to go and buy the book after this. And, and Hopefully, yeah. A yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, well, I think Me and Mark will have one between us, Mark, will we? Uh, <laughs> As long as you buy it. Yeah, yeah, I know, you bloody tight asses, GPs. <laughs> so tell us, what's the crack with the book? And uh, you know, um... Well, one of the things that I wanted to make, I've read, and probably the same as you, Rich, I've read loads and loads of self-help books. Mm. I've read loads. Mm. Um, and they're brilliant. They are brilliant. But ultimately, none of them will change your life. You will change your life. Mm. The action that you take and that you apply will change your life. So I wasn't going to write three, four hundred pages on all these strategies that people will read once and mm. then maybe do for a little bit. Mm. I think there's some, I don't know the statistics, but the statistics of you actually finishing a self-help book are really slim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So people don't even finish them. Yeah. So I sat there thinking, right, how would I, and I'm dyslexic, yeah. so I'm not the world's avid read. I'm not really into reading myself. Mm. So how would I take this concept and take this practice and run with it. So I wanted it to be a workbook. So that's what it is. It's a workbook. And each chapter has TLO tasks. So you have lots of TLO tasks that you can do to keep the practice going. So turn lights on is a practice. So like hardwire is it a bit? Uh... Yes, yes. So hardwire is it. And also, I was very conscious that you read books and it's all about you changing your life to fit with this book. Mm. When ultimately, I want people to have the life they, li- they, they live, but I just want them to love it more. Mm. So I want them to use this book so they can apply this book to their life, mm. not the other way around. Yeah. yeah? So the book helps people figure shit out. Yeah. To, to put it in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It takes you through a process of where... Right, let's look at the issues, that's what are they, and then there's sort of yeah. some, some solutions and tasks to, brilliant, okay. Yeah, so it's so it's a, a, it's a workbook, it's a small book, it's a book that you can pick up, and you can, um, and there's there's lots of sections in there, like one of the sections is Superstar, superstar Entourage, so it's about saying, right, okay, who have you got in your life that absolutely motivates you? Who have you got in your life that stretches you? Who are these people that you've got surrounding you that, that you're a superstar? 
and but who are you a superstar for as well mm. it's all well and good having a team of people that are on your team but if you drain them of energy how mm. useful are you mm. so to be a superstar you, to have a superstar in your life you've got to be a superstar so it's all about really looking at the people around you, but also what are you attracting at the moment yeah. and having responsibility for what's showing up in your life. That's a massive uh, thing, I think, is just realising what you you think about, you bring about, and, mm. and who you surround yourself. It's an old sort of thing, but the first thing is cleansing your environment, like mm. you say, so going through your, you know, your Dexter don't watch Dexter because he's a serial killer and he'll have nightmares and stuff. And don't watch the 10 o'clock news just before bed. And maybe, uh, you know, don't read the, 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 the newspapers or these women's magazines. And, you know, obviously men's magazines are probably equally as bad. So I, I'm a big believer that what you think about, you think about. So the, the two kind of folks that we've discussed about are giving and helping other people because that kind of turns your light on, mm. but then also doing for yourself. Yeah, because you well. can't give... The, no, one of the you. things that I say, you can't give for an empty cup, yeah? And yes, I think I like people... That. I think people... Um, there is a, a weird misconception that we should, um, like, treat ourselves. Actually, our first priority... Our first number one relationship is with ourselves. Yeah, 100%. We are the first example of how people treat us. So being kind to yourself and really taking the time to connect with yourself is really important. And look after yourself on a basic yeah, level. Yeah, on a basic level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look after yourself. But also, one of the things that I love doing, and I talk about this in the book, and if people are interested in the book, they can get um, a chapter that's free online already. So where, Amazon or...? Um, on my website. Oh, right, Kate. We'll, we'll yeah, say go. it now, but we'll put it in the show notes for everybody. Go on, Brilliant. So it's www.tloishappening.com. Tloishappening.com. Brilliant. Yeah. Great. So, um, so I call it the supermarket, a different cha- a supermarket challenge. So one of the things that I love doing, Rich, I love making a lasting difference, but also I love taking someone out of, when someone's out of the moment, you can see it, yeah, mm-hmm. and getting them present with me. I love yeah. it. It absolutely yeah. makes my day. Yeah. So one of the things that I do when I go shopping, um, I look, I, I like normally there's like 10 tills, isn't there? And I look at the, the person that needs the light the most, yes. yeah? yeah? So I rock up, do all my shopping, say normally something really random, start yes. talking, like look at people in their eyes and ultimately anyone that serves you is serving you Mm. they deserve the utmost respect Mm. in Mm. all of service industry i Mm. believe Mm. so i see how what's going on with their day and ultimately turn their light on Mm. and when i talk about turn that turn someone turning someone's light on you can see it in them their eyes are brighter their posture changes, mm. and they just look different. Because they've had a hundred customers before you haven't said a word because they're all so caught up in the future or the past mm. that they're not present at that till at that moment. That's just another action, and they see that person as not even a person. They're just sort of somebody who's processing another action for them. And so you say we are disengaged from things, and it is important. Yes, One of the things I do when I'm being served by anyone, 
is call them by their name. They've all got a name badge on. Mm. Yeah. It makes a big difference. If you say, oh, thank you, Lisa, or whatever, Mm. thanks for helping me, and so on, it does make a difference. Yeah. Because they're a human being then, aren't they? Exactly, yeah, that's completely right. But it it serves you, so engaging with other people when you go places, and while you're waiting at the counter for X or Y or whatever, and saying to the guy, so uh, what shift are you on then, mate? Or, you know, um, just chit-a-chatting. It... It serves everybody because it's it's a lonely world. Yeah. And you can go through your whole day sometimes and not having really a, any interaction with with anybody. Um, and then when you not, do not go, me, I'm not you. It's yeah. a bloody day, don't I? Bloody right, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me, me, me too. Me too. I'm moaning at me. But it's it's <laughs> an, an, important. The funny thing is, when yeah. I come home, because I've had to interact with so many people with their problems, etc. I find myself drained coming home and I can't interact at home sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I have to go into my little cave, which I'm in now, and sort of sit there for a couple, for an hour or so just to, you know, come back to the human race again. So it's almost filling up your cup again, Mark. Exactly. Yeah. It overflows because you, you have to give so much all day mm. and then you come home and you've got no more to give. So you have to sit down, aimlessly look at emails or, you know, golf videos or whatever I do and then you can go out and be a human being again because no one no one talks to me for the first half and I get home it's pointless yeah. I think there is a theory behind that I'm not quite sure it was but it's some sort of fire gazing Neanderthal thing where like a woman comes home from work and she wants to talk about her day but a man comes home from work and he wants to just like fire gaze or whatever they call oh, it for right. like half an hour um but uh, yeah, very. That sounds about right. That sounds about right with me. I need two hours. I need in a, in a, in a in a cell, in a padded cell, and then I'm ready to face the world. Then uh, no. Um, so with all this stuff, living in the moment and helping other people and, and these things. So what you know? Why why are people so disengaged, and why are people not? helping others and neighbourly and why is all this drifted out of our kind of because it's human community is a human natural thing it feels good mm. you know so what factors do you think are influencing it the, the biggest ones um i'm i'm, I'm just good going from my opinion really i think i think life is too much at the moment i think that you that we have a uh, uh, lots of people have financial issues. Lots of people have immense pressure with, like, if I, for example, um, when I was a, a manager in the insurance company, I remember you left work and you you, you left on on, a, on an evening and, you, and that was it. Then they introduced Blackberries, so yeah. you're never really out of work mm. because there's this beautiful like connection you have a shot of dopamine every time you open that phone and have a look at your emails mm. you are we are addicted to our phones absolutely did, addicted to them and, and i'm not saying not because i'm the world's worst mm. i'm always i'm always um, sort of engaged in uh, social media or whatever on my phone but i think it's we are more digitally connected and human connection within societies I think a lot of it is to do with fear a lot of it is oh what happens if I speak to a stranger say something stupid yeah, make an say, myself yeah yeah rejection mm-hmm. um, and also we are told that you shouldn't speak to strangers we are told mm-hmm. that something awful might happen and also looking at looking at 
the the way that we live as well. So, for example, I, I don't I'm, I live in a sort of block of lofts at the moment, and they're all single young professionals. Really, I don't need to engage with them if I don't have to. Mm. I don't need to. No. Um, I live in Cardiff Bay. That's pretty much the case throughout Cardiff Bay. Yeah. So communities are very much different to what they used to be. Yeah. People are living in different ways. You look at the tube, when you, people's journey to work every single day, or people's journey to work, not even in London, if you look look at your journey to work, how many people speak to people on the... I, I had a conversation with someone, actually, about this very subject the other day, and she said that she used to commute into London um, for a year, um, and it was a 40-minute trip going into London. I don't know where she, she lived, uh, out of London, but it was a 40-minute trip. And she said that the same people used to get on that train every single day, mm. every single day. And she'd still, they do like a knowing smile, yeah. but they still don't know each other. Yeah. And that's, uh, what, what's going on there? Yeah. Why? Well, as you say, people are afraid to, to break the ice or they're too busy on their phones or engaged in conversations or thought patterns uh, to do with other things and like you say they, they're either in the past or the, the future or not in, in the moment but uh, it is it's, it's really quite interesting and deep in what society is doing to people almost to make them feel so overwhelmed like you say the Blackberry thing and mm. you know people then taking that on a step where there's there's a there's a almost a certain element of the workforce are the, are the ones who maybe are younger, single, no uh, kids and all this sort of stuff, or they got kids and they got a wife and they neglect them, and they, but they respond to emails at 11 o'clock in the night. Mm. And then there's a kudos in the office the next day, because you're looking at, you're going next yeah. morning, it's like, what the hell has he emailed yeah. me 11 o'clock in the night? And he's buoyed up by that then, because he's thinking, yeah, that's right, I'm emailing 11 I'm o'clock in the night. And then I always working. And when I was working in the local authority, like you say, yeah, I'm always working or whatever, I used to think, Wow, this is how they get ahead, and it's that you know. Now I think what an idiot. Yeah. Um, because it is. Well, I, I got my my schedule up here, which I've just rewritten now. But for me, it's all about separation mm. and having an end to my day, and I'm in, and I'm having day, definite days off and definite time where I'm not serving other people mm. because it does pile down on top of you, sort of thing. So, um, yeah. I don't know I was, uh, where I was going with that one then, but, uh, on a, but yeah, so society is dictating to us a lot of the ways we feel and behave and things, and like you say, nothing's really changed. I think people do want that community, and they do want that interaction. And, well, yeah, you're seeing you it know. online. You're seeing huge communities online. Yeah. You're seeing more, this is a perfect time, like, um, uh, uh, is it... Tribes by tribes, yeah, 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 yeah. South yeah, yeah. It's a perfect time to set up a movement because mm. people want to be led. People, yeah. people yeah. want change, and I and and you are seeing more, um, especially in Cardiff. There's lots of initiatives going on um, of people wanting to engage in more um, worthwhile, meaningful causes like, and communities of uh, yeah. like-minded people. Yeah, yeah, like-minded yeah. people and, and surrounding yourself with people that inspire you and, and, and that believe in what you believe in. Yeah, yeah. And not a, a bunch of um, vampires uh, sucking the energy kind of out of you. And it's horrible to say it, but that's the reality of um, 
Remember you had the thing about crabs in a bucket? Yeah. Yeah, if you've got one crab in a bucket, it can climb out, but uh, if you've got more than one, the other crabs, every time one tries to climb out, the other crabs pull it back in, and it's like they don't want, they're not happy, so they don't want anybody else to be happy. They want them all in the bucket with them, and, you know. Misery uh, likes company. Yeah, it? that's right. Yeah, yeah that's another, another It's good. like having toxic friends, isn't it? Isn't mm. it? Yeah. Toxic friends, if you've got friends who are constantly miserable, it makes you miserable as well, doesn't mm. it? So you have to seek out friends that inspire you rather than... Like you say, you're a superstar or you're a super yeah, hero like entourage or whatever. And yeah, you've got to, yeah, you've got to get these people and identify them. And if you, sometimes you don't even think about it. But then when you do think, you think, oh, yeah, wow, they really cast a cloud on me. They do all, mm. well, that person, I really enjoy spending time with them you know? yeah, yeah yeah and sometimes like if I think of my friends I've got some friends that I wouldn't class as my superstars they're just my mates yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's cool. different yeah because family lovely. as well exactly, yeah you know? yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. but there is yeah. some people in my life who you can choose to yeah that, yeah. that will be that will be always on your team but with that there comes a little bit of push as well mm. you don't want to let them down you want to Keep a good, uh, Keep a good communication yeah, and relationship yeah. there. And, and I remember someone said to me once that your energy is contagious. So if mm. you have a positive energy, your enthusiasm is contagious. But then if you have uh, the opposite, then that can affect the whole room. Because mm. it's, it's something that I think people, you know, are not... They don't get into things, and they don't get excited about things, and they're a bit apathetic, and they're mm. a bit like, uh, and nothing. Because people are so tired. There's a big mm. energy uh, yeah. crisis going on at the minute, and Mark will, do, will do, agree with that, you know? Do you ever get people to do something uncomfortable? Because I, I often think to myself, right, I need to do something uncomfortable, because that gets you going again. So you find uncomfortable, like talking to a stranger, or, or, or cracking a joke, or, or singing in public, or whatever. Do you ever get people to do that? Yeah, well, I I think it's all about realising that if you are going to be comfortable in your life, you are going to be bored. <laughs> because yeah. we, we crave certainty, but we also crave uncertainty. So it's, it's, it's looking at ways that... One of the things that I want to do... Well, I'm having my first TLO is... Ha- well, it's my second TLO is happening meeting in Cardiff on the 27th of November. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing is co- is doing something called the spotlight. So um, what people tend to say to me is that I, I, I really want to leave my job to, um, I don't know, to be... Set a, a business or whatever. Set up yeah. a business or to be a singer or to... Mm. Um, mm. to teach guitar or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, but that's just I just need the opportunity so what I want to do with um, the TLO happening meetings um, uh, there'll be various different speakers um, I will be asking you to speak Rich um, the various different speakers uh, talking about what turns the light on and what makes them present so it inspires people to do that but also spotlight will be your five minutes fame. So I'm going to be giving five minutes of fame to somebody to do something, that very scary thing, Mark, of having five minutes to fill. So if you would like to, um, I've always wanted to go into singing or I've always wanted to um, do whatever, you've got five minutes to tell the group why you're going to do that or demonstrate what you want to do. Mm. So it's giving someone that opportunity because ultimately 
you are going to get bored if you don't push yourself. Mm-hmm. But also, how much do you want it? Mm-hmm. How much do you want to to change? If you've always done what you've, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Yes. So it's looking at how you're going to do that. And you're right, Mark. You you need to do something that scares the hell out of you to yeah, fire to, you up, to again, fire you yeah. up. and yeah. also if the worst comes the worst you you it's too uncomfortable but yeah. I, I doubt that I mean, it rarely happens I don't think you get to a point or for me and I I know that the kind of the whole you know fear of, of failure but then someone explained it to me once and it's not the things that you you did you regret is the things you didn't do. Oh, completely. So that almost kind of is what fires me on my current kind of goal and things. So where I I want to get to is not having lived and not done what I want to do mm. puts the living Jesus at me. I really have to do it. It's mm. so strong in me, sort of thing. So it's um, it's if you can find that point where you have that kind of uh, enlightenment or you have that level of, of awareness, then you can feel pretty much unstoppable. Sometimes I have to just say, well, I, I know I, I need to slow down a bit because I almost, my to-do list goes up into the 200 tasks because mm. it's like, I know I, I know everything that i got to do. Yeah. I'm clear. I'm crystal clear on where I need to go. And it's, it's only because you kind of, go through all that learning in the beginning of all the, you know, afraid of doing this and afraid of doing that and maybe, you know, I didn't go for that opportunity and I didn't go for that opportunity and ultimately it's, it's go for it, go for everything and don't be afraid because the failure is not doing it, not doing mm. it and, uh, and people, you know, it's a process of changing the way you think, isn't it? It's quite depressing but when I explain this to people. But the way I make decisions is that I always say to myself, 100 years' time, I'll be dead. That's what I think to myself all the time. I yeah. always constantly think of my own mo- yeah. mortality, really. Yeah. Because ultimately, I, will be, I won't be here. No. And I really ponder that. I really think about that. So I just think I'm going to do it then. Yeah. There's a guy on... Uh, in line the other day, and I've written about this uh, a long time ago, but he's actually calculating people's death dates for them. Wow. And it sounds a bit mad, and, and obviously people maybe don't like to, to hear it or, or speak about it, but I've written about this, and if you knew your death date, mm. like you know your birthday, would you live your life differently? Yeah, how If you that? knew how yeah. definite, because I can I can tell, really tell you within, Mark will tell you within five or ten years, average of averages and all the rest of it, so... Why do we have this ignorance is bliss sort of attitude where we think we're going to live forever and we've got plenty of time to make these changes and it's all right, I can do it tomorrow sort of thing when the reality is we've all got a death date and, mm. and just because we don't necessarily know it, we know, you know, vaguely kind of where it is and, yeah, you've got to, you know, get yourself fired up. So, um, as you say, a bit of a depressing thing, but it's yeah. almost motivation. Oh, completely. From, it's it's yeah. it, it, what inspires mm. me yeah. because it's just... Because change is a present activity and people put change in the future. Oh, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. That's gonna be one day, one day, that's one of my yeah, favorite yeah, ones. Yeah. Oh, one yeah, day. Yeah. Where's yeah. one day? I've been yeah. there one day. Tomorrow. And it's just like, no, actually, now 
Yeah, what can now, I do now? What yeah. am I going to do today? What yeah. am I going to do now? So getting and towards that. And it's having them intentions. So every every Sunday night, I write my intentions for the week. So I write my intentions for the week. And then every day I wake up, A, I'm like, brilliant. My friend, um, Sarah, she's fantastic. She says... Except when you've got a hangover. No, except yeah, yeah, yeah. when I... No, I, I go back to bed then. <laughs> but, um, so Gina is human. It's waking up and going, right, okay, so from my intentions, what, what do I intend to happen today? Am I going to live my life deliberately? I want to live my life deliberately. I, I'm yeah, life actions. Isn't You're to not me. just drifting through and no. uh, reacting, knee-jerk reactions to what's happening to you. Yeah. You've got to clear, as you say, yeah. It's yeah. all about intentions, yeah. all about what you intend it's to happen. Stuff. It's deep stuff. It's really deep stuff uh, when you when no, you're I can go a bit deep it. again, actually. Oh, look out. Brilliant. <laughs> there's, a, there's a thing called logotherapy. I don't know if anyone's heard of it, but it's a, it's a, a thing where basically our underlying premise of our life is looking for meaning, right? Mm. And the way you look for meaning is either through achievements, achieving things, or experiences. And if you don't have any of those achievements or experiences, you don't actually live life. So you have to go for, for some experiences like loving someone or doing things or being somewhere and achievements. So if you don't do those things, you actually have no meaning. You just sort of waft through life. And we, I see this with lots of people who aren't working because they've, no, they, they, they've got no meaning in their life because they're not working, they've got nothing to do. And no experiences, yeah. It just drift. And so yeah. it, it, you do need meaning in your life. And having to do this is a meaning, but having achievements and experiences and trying to look for those experiences and achievements keeps you living. And that's looking for meaning in your life. And that, that's what the whole human sort of um, function is to look for meaning. Yeah, there's so, so many. That's there's, my depth today, anyway. No, that's great. I mean, and there's so many people who uh, have everything but yet have nothing. Yeah, they, have no in their life. they have no meaning in their life. It's, it's, it's a bit like if you buy a new car, it has no meaning for you once you have it because you've achieved it. Yeah. Mm. So and then on no to the next thing and the next thing and yeah, the next absolutely. thing. Yeah. So that's why you have to have experiences as well to yeah. have some meaning. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my thing, I think. It's, yeah. oh, that's, it's that's, that's a chap called Victor Frankl who lived through the concentration camps. He discovered logotherapy. Brilliant book, Rich. Yeah, I've, I've uh, seen some stuff. I've the seen fact. some stuff. I haven't read the book, but I've seen some stuff with Victor Frankl and that, and he's a legend of a of a man. Uh, strong. What was his big quote? Um, the one thing they couldn't control was my mind, or something mm. like that. Uh, they controlled every other aspect of his life, but they couldn't control what well, he, he thought he and how he, he felt. Takes the, he takes the Mickey out of Freud because Freud's big statement is: if you ever yeah, give people hunger and make them suffer hunger, every man will become the same base thing. And he said, well, I live with much worse things in Auschwitz because he went through Auschwitz. And uh, man diverged. In fact, they became different. Some people became saints. In fact, there was a saint in Auschwitz. Some people became saints and some people, even the Jews themselves, some of the Jews became capos and became more horrible than the actual, um, the actual commandants, etc. So people... Actually, if they have the worst circumstances, can live the best. It actually makes them have different abilities. Some people become strive, and some people get worse. So, mm. I mean, it's, it's it's an amazing thing. Even in Auschwitz, there are people who were you know saintly. Yeah. Mm. And that was, even some of the, some of the actual guards were. So it's it's, it's incredible, really, how people uh, react to various things in their life. I believe in as exactly that people inherently are good, and they want love and happiness and it's just sometimes life don't figure out that way for them, and as you say, if if you know forced into a corner, it's it's um, interesting 
you know what, what kind of things human beings can can actually stoop to doing but I think you know people scientists may disagree but I think it's um, it's nurture really and that um, you know uh, people are messed up sometimes as a process of life and and but we all start pretty pure uh, as babies you know but um, I'm sure. Anyway, we're probably depressing. That's good. Great, yeah, <laughs> great. That's good. Uh, sorry, I put the whole mood down. No, 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 it's all good. It's interesting stuff. It's good to get get people thinking. So there we go. So we got a nice extended episode there again today. Got a cracker. Um, anything you want to add there, uh, Georgina? We have said the the website address and. Um, People can go along to TLO is yeah com, and we've got a Facebook page as well, Great. Um, and also um, a Twitter at TLO now. Yeah. Um, so there will be TLO is happening in Cardiff, but then TLO is happening in Swansea. TLO is happening. There's going to be one in Bristol. There's one in London. There's, there's going to be one in Ibiza next year. No way! Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so ultimately, uh, they'll be uh, hosted by me. But then also, I'll be looking for people to take over the mantle of having these evenings where. You surround yourself with superstars. You surround yourself with people that want to have a more turned-on life, as I say. Mm. So it's inspiring people to really understand themselves and then also to understand others. So, mm. yes, the book is out in the next couple of weeks. Brilliant. Um, so, yes, Thanks. go and visit. The site and get the book and have a little yeah, look at that. Yeah, Great yeah. stuff. Okay, so, Mark, any other questions there? No, it's been very enjoyable. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah, been brilliant. We've got some good stuff out there. And as I say, we had a real good uh, kind of discussion around all those uh, issues. I, I love it. So that's bye from me. Bye from me. Bye from me. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.